a Lifetime Original Podcast. I've been working on my villain laugh, guys. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> that is not a villain laugh. That is a villain laugh! <laughs> Curvy Dixon. <laughs> you know what I do have to say? Okay, I think we've gotten too relaxed on this here podcast because sometimes I listen to it and I'm like, did I really have to give that hearty of a laugh? I'm like, damn, Amira, pretend. Do your fake laugh that you do in the public. No, there's no cute laughing on this podcast here, girl. Hey, y'all. Welcome to The Table is Ours, the podcast where we sit down with our celebrity Black babes to talk about all things Black. That's Black representation, Black glamour, and y'all know Black realness. With me today is my favorite co-host. Favorite. Miss Amira Lawali. Hey, y'all. And if Amira were to catfish someone. I'm nervous. She would pretend to be. Y'all know where I'm going with this. I don't. Amira would pretend to be your man's side chick just so she could catch (laughs) your man in the act and say sorry to this man and get him out of your life so that you could have the real king that you know and deserve. That's the catfish you would be. Actually, you're 100% right because, and I didn't even know. That. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, <sighs> I think, I believe in chaotic good, okay? Which <laughs> yeah. means I will do anything for the greater good, even if it's a chaotic mess. So I would, I would do that. If I think your man is trash and you have need higher standards, I would consult with you first, but I'd be like, no, Look. no, you wouldn't. Okay, Amira you're right. would be the fake side chick. <laughs> I would, but then I would show you everything after and be like, look, he's Just trash. Like I said, he was trash. in the act. I yes. do. And I think I am supported by that because I chaotic good. Whatever it does, whatever it takes to get to the greater good. Yes, but let's be clear. Let's be clear. Not like the physical side chick. She no. would be the one to manipulate your man verbally, on, emotionally. In the DMs. Yeah, in the DMs. In the D- she would be down in the DMs yeah. and they would get got. And she's the one to expose your man's issues. I agree. I'm not even, I agree. I feel seen. That was right. You're right. In the days that I feel like I don't know you, I realize I know you owe too More? Well. You don't be late too much. <laughs> okay, y'all. You already know who this is. <laughs> the best co-host there could ever be, y'all. Do, this do, is do, Kirby do. Dixon. Hello. <laughs> and if Kirby were to catfish someone, Uh-oh. okay, she would pretend to be... You see, mine's not as clever, but I do stand by it. Okay. She would pretend to be like a reporter, an interviewer, because mm-hmm. Kirby is always on the side of truth and what's righteous. So she needed to dig out information. She'd make sure she'd get it correct. So I feel mm-hmm. like she would pretend to be whoever she needs to be to get the truth out of someone, even if it's not her role. Mm-hmm. You know what the problem is about this? And I've been told this multiple times. I think you're right. Because... I don't know if it's the Libra in me, but my best friend from high school always says that we could literally say the same thing, ask the same question, mm-hmm. but because of how I phrase it or maybe the tone of my voice, it does not come off as offensive. So, oh yeah, oh my I'll god, always yes. ask the tough questions, oh, and my I'll probably read you gosh. for filth, but you wouldn't even recognize yes. you're being read for filth. A hundred percent. Sometimes it takes me like I agree with twenty four hours to sit back and be like. Oh, what Kirby said was actually <laughs> shady as hell. <laughs> but speaking of catfish, 
No, 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 no. You're not getting away from this, Amira. Oh, I heard nope. what? There's nope. more? Nope. Yes, there's more. There's more. Y'all, Amira's trying to act like she didn't walk into this room with big bag busting out the Billy Ventega no! energy. Okay. <laughs> Amira last week was recognized by Forbes 30 under 30 list, y'all. Like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> what? Girl. Kirby, thank you. I'm still on a high from it. You know, we talking about you. catfishing. That's one thing you can't catfish. Can't catfish greatness. You can't catfish accomplishments. You can't catfish recognition. <laughs> like, I don't really know what this energy, but you walked in with big auntie rich. I am that bitch energy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Kirby, I'm still on a high from this, which is very surreal. You're not high enough. I know. We should have led with that. Welcome to The Table is Ours, the podcast where we create and recognize greatness, starting with my <laughs> co-host, Amira Lawali. Girl, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you're such a supportive friend. I am still on a high on it, and I can tell you very briefly why it feels surreal. I, I speak of this a lot, but I felt like I had so much more confidence before I got into the industry. Like, I was, like, mm-hmm. lying and scamming. And I was the most obnoxious person in undergrad to the point where, like, I used to tweet out, I'm going to make Forbes 30 under 30 one day. Like, yes. I will make it. I was, like, kind of obnoxious with it. And then I got into the industry and I was like, oh, that's not, like, cool to do. So I stopped talking about it. And then I was like, oh, this list is so hard to make. And I was like, it just became a goal that I didn't think I was going to reach. So making it surreal, but then making it, having comments from people I went to undergrad be like, I know you used to tweet about this. I used to oh have a my wall. Gosh. My I, my first apartment alone, I printed out black and white photos of mm-hmm. everyone who I loved who made that list. And this was 2015. And I, it mm-hmm. was just like a manifestation wall. And it was all their photos and what they did and, and their quotes completely filled it. And I don't know where that girl went. I feel like I kind of lost her like super cockiness along the way, but it feels mm-hmm. very full circle right now. Yes, girl, you better talk that talk and walk that walk. Okay, well, question. Yeah. Has the girl re-entered the chat? Because oh. the girl is girling. Baby, she's back. Okay. Are you kidding me? No, okay. I just, like, I'm still not, like, no one can tell me anything now that, I used to be like, I used to say something really snarky, like, I'll think about marriage and kids once I make Forbes 30 or 30. Like, I didn't want anything but this. And so the fact that I got it, and I was home with my mom when I got it, and we were screaming and crying. Yes. Like, I just, I'm on such a high, and baby, the bitch is back. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one can tell me anything. Oh my gosh. Well, so well deserved. Amira Lawali, you absolutely are meant to be Forbes 30 under 30. So it was nice to see somebody that I know works so hard. hard. I literally watch your journey every day be recognized by an outlet like Forbes. Like that is I know. It was such a high. Thank you, my friend. You sit in that over the holidays. Oh, I am. You celebrate that and don't let anybody take that shine away from you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Carrie be scamming me, y'all. Okay. How is a scam? I just, I was very caught. I was like, what is she going to talk about? I literally forgot, but okay. <laughs> I'm screaming. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of something that is so monumental, a show that we love. Yes. Catfish. So monumental in our culture. Like it, Catfish, the show changed how we speak. It became a word in the dictionary. We had the delight this week to speak to the Cammie Crawford. The, yes. The Cammie Crawford. I mean, like you're saying though, Catfish has been an evolutionary part Mm -hmm. of our culture for so long and literally kind of catapulted internet culture and a little bit of the dangers of internet culture into the, the social zeitgeist. So it's just one of those shows that whether you watched it religiously or not, you understand that it holds a place in television culture forever and ever and ever. And it um, yeah. And I think the best addition they could have done yes, was bring Cammie Crawford as a co-host of this epic series. She had so much culture, so much realness, so much pizzazz to this like iconic franchise. Mm-hmm. Yes. We talked to Miss Cammie Crawford about the pressures of pageantry life and her rise to being Miss Teen USA, the first black Miss Teen USA in 10 years, as well as her road to TV hosting and getting in front of the camera in the entertainment industry. She got really, really, really real with us about the added expectations of black women in the industry and how we are received by others, but not always respected. Cammie Crawford is a TV host, content creator, model, and former Miss Teen USA with a love for all things beauty, fashion, and pop culture. Cammie is the newest co-host of MTV's hit series, Catfish. (laughs) When she's not poking holes in people's stories, she's committed to using her influence to amplify the importance of body positivity and diversity in the digital sphere and beyond. Cammie Crawford, let's get it. Hello. Hello. Hey! <laughs> we are so excited to have you. Thank you. Oh I'm so happy gosh. to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. We like to start off every podcast with the same question, and that is, what is something that has brought you joy this week? Ooh. Well. Hmm. It's just going to be a variation of sounds. Um... You know, we're still we're still in the midst of it, mm-hmm. um, but I got some really really great news um, on my birthday that has Ooh. kind of trickled trickled down. I don't want to say anything yet, but I got some mm. really great news with something that I've wanted for a really really long time. Mm-hmm. So that has brought me joy. Um, in you addition love good to that, news. Yes. yes, exactly. Got some good news. I also uh, went to Trader Joe's yesterday, and that sparked joy for me. Black girls love Trader Joe's. We love Trader Joe's. Amazing. <laughs> I hope you're prepared. We have a lot to delve into with you. I'm ready. So in season one, we had the incredible Vanessa Williams join us. She pulled up a seat to our yes. table. Mm-hmm. And oh. obviously, she is such you know a groundbreaker and a trendsetter in her own way. And she did talk to us a lot about the backlash that she had received as a, let's call it what it is, a light-skinned black woman who who mm-hmm. won a pageantry crown at the highest level, right? And yeah. we know that you won Miss Teen USA in 2010, which I want to call out, was the first time in a decade 
in which that mm-hmm. pageant had not just a black woman, but a, di- a diverse candidate win the crown yes. ever. 10 yes. years. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> we want to take you back to that moment and get a feel for what type of reaction or backlash or praise did you receive having won that crown during that time? Ooh, well, it's crazy <laughs> because when we think about 2010, I was 17 years old and I'm 29 now, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it was that long ago. Mm-hmm. So to even have said that I was the first in a decade to win yeah. is insane. Insane is like putting it very lightly. Um, I experienced a lot of different things during that time. I can't even really look at photos of myself from that time mm. oh, um, wow. with the most like fondness. I wasn't a pageantry girl, so I didn't know anything about that life. I didn't know right. anything about that world. Um, that was my first, my first pageant was my state pageant, Miss Maryland Teen USA. And I was the first black winner in a decade there as well. Which is crazy to think um, about the demographic of Maryland. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right next to Chocolate City. Exactly. Like, yeah. And not to say that there aren't a ton of black girls that compete because there are, but mm-hmm. it was 68 contestants, I believe. I you know, ended up winning out of that many. So it's a lot. And a lot of them were black. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate there was black. Like it, it, there's black girls there. They're just not given any attention. Yeah. Um, and at that time it was kind of a known like underlying fact that only two black girls would ever compete on the national stage mm-hmm. anyway. So out of yeah. 51 states, including Hawaii and the District of Columbia, only two black girls would ever compete on the national stage. It had been like that year after year. You know, we already, as as Black people, as Black women, have this uh, mentality that's wrong, that there can only be one of us. Right, at the exactly. Top. Right. And this plays into it in every single way, because even as a Black contestant, you're looking at other states who are getting crowned and you're like, okay, God, thank God, like Missouri didn't crown a Black girl. Thank God. Right. Yeah. When it should be like, oh my God, yay, like Missouri crowned another Black girl. Kansas crowned a Black girl. And right. No, it's not like that. You're literally yeah. looking every single week, like biting your fingernails, like, please don't crown another Black girl. And then you get to the national stage and it's just you and one other girl. And for me, it was South Carolina, Megan Pinkney, we're still BFFs to mm-hmm. this day yeah. because we kind of made a decision at the pageant where we looked at each other one day at lunch and we were like, you know what? You my sis. And yes. like, we need to be united because we're the yeah. only ones here, but also knowing under, under the radar that only one of us was going to make it. And mm-hmm. that was gut wrenching in itself. Um, I ended up being the one that made it. And my mm-hmm. top five were four blonde white girls and then me of course so (laughs) you know it was either 50 50 it was like are they gonna but I had to come to terms with the fact that they did choose any of the girls to the right or to the left of me it just Mm -hmm. wasn't gonna happen for me it just wasn't my year right and you know because if you're looking for a blonde haired blue eyed white girl that's um, not me it's not me baby I don't know what to say yeah I don't know her right not me it's not me unfortunately <laughs> um so you know it, it's a lot of realizing that you have to do but then on top of that you know even from the black community I was hearing that I wasn't black enough to be considered the first black Miss Teen USA in a while because I'm lighter skin mm-hmm. so I was tanning a lot I was over tanning oh my oh see gosh. we don't talk about that a lot we don't talk about that enough Child. so I'm the oldest of six girls I have five younger sisters Mm-hmm. And they're so shady. I love this. <laughs> they, so they're all darker than that's I am. That's the role. That's what they're here for. That's a good job description. 
we're kind of like a blended family so but they're all darker than me so they're like bitch he was blackfishing back in 2010 <laughs> <laughs> you know what i, I kind of was i kind of yes. was i was in that tanning salon getting that spray tan because i didn't want to hear it like i'm trying to yeah. make my people proud i'm trying to make my family proud i'm trying to be myself but also be this person that you know you're supposed to be if you want to reach that title and yeah it was a lot from all different ends so you know I was just trying to get my crown and get out of there yeah it's hard yeah it's hard but you know what what I realized from growing older and being in the entertainment industry and like growing and, and seeing how things work in other industries mm-hmm. it's the same everywhere it it's is the same everywhere mm-hmm. there's no aspect of life where we can just be enough and succeed because of that yeah it's crazy it's crazy I have a question about the tanning of it all though did you feel like after you were doing that was it a self-esteem boost for you like did you feel more confident when you were going into the pageants or did you just feel like you needed to do that to like almost like put your black card on display since people were saying you were too light to be considered you know the first black and a wild team Miss USA I think it was both because you know, pageant girls tan in general. That's what I'm saying. White girls tan yeah. all the time. Right. <laughs> exactly. All the time. Some of them were probably darker than me at that pageant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the pageant was also in the Bahamas. So, you know, I'm naturally mm-hmm. tanning on top of spray tanning. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. did the tanning bed. That didn't sit right with my spirit. But no, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, we get a little red when we use the tanning bed. <laughs> right. Um, I did the sprays and, you know, they, they outline like your abs and your muscle lines on your legs and stuff like that with the tan. And, you know, I thought I looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I'm competing with white girls that are darker than me with their tans. So I'm like, yeah. okay, well, shit, I got, <laughs> I got to try to keep up. <laughs> I got to try to keep up. Yeah. So I think it was, it was both like, you know, a part of it, I think at the time was, um, you know, me thinking that it was just all about like, defining my muscles but yeah when I look back it's on it and through that. therapy um it was deeper than that it was mm-hmm. definitely deeper yeah. than that and I didn't realize the psychological effects of that until I was 28 wow damn. yeah damn wow. so yeah. at 28 is that when you went into therapy and kind of broke down all of that came from pageantry yeah we're still breaking it down oh, listen <laughs> wow therapy is a continued journey it's a yes. gift baby it is yes, a gift. it is my therapist that's how i feel every time my therapist gets on the zoom um but yeah so it was it was a mixture of a lot of different things and then of course racism yeah, yeah. what are you gonna do like it plays a huge factor in everything and i you know i think they've kind of i, I don't know they've kind of learn how to manage it a little bit better but there were these pageant boards where people could go on anonymously and write whatever they wanted about a pageant girl true or not it didn't really matter um so i was reading racist things about myself racist things about my family um death threats everything every day at 17. so i'm 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 getting death threats and i'm 17 and these are from people who i don't even know who they are and then you're going they don't know you either they don't know me and I'm going to these big pageant, you know, events and stuff where I'm meeting these people in person and mm-hmm. the things that they write online are not the things that they say to you in person. They just take a picture with you and act like a fan and then post it. And then it's really mean. Mm-hmm. It's Terrible. really mean. Mm-hmm. It's really mean. It, there's a lot to it. And the industry is still not where it needs to be. They're At still all. crowning black girls for the first time in a bunch yes. of different states. And, you know, I feel a... 
I feel two different ways. In one way, I feel like I want nothing to do with that ever again. And mm -hmm. then in the other sense, I feel like I'm the only one that is as vocal as I am yes. in the position yeah. that I'm in. Yeah. And somebody has to speak for them because they're in my DMs regularly. Mm -hmm. And they have been for the past 11 years that I haven't been a That's title wild. holder. So wow. something has to be done, but something has to be done across the board in a bunch of other places too you yeah. know so it's like is pageant or pageant girls the the number one uh <laughs> priority on the list yeah. of like people to save no not necessarily but our black women yes exactly so, like let's let's do that where we can so this is a great opportunity to do it I, I like to call this my villain origin story but I <laughs> used to direct pageants for Miss Texas <gasps> Yeah, I directed the Miss Green and Gold pageant at Baylor, though which Ooh. fed into Miss Texas. I started oh it. That's another God. story. Villain origin story. I feel my Chico <laughs> powers coming. But you wow. know the Texas system is particular. Particular is definitely the word. Yeah. I reflect on it now because when I moved up north, when I moved to New York, there was a different judgment on pageants. And mm -hmm. look, very feminist, very black. Da, da, da. I get it. I get people's judgments on pageants yes. and not wanting to help these women. But at the end of the day, the Miss America system is the largest scholarship fundraiser for women yes. in general yes. in the country. And if you're pro-women, they should be able to do whatever they want, whether it's go on stage or shake their ass. Right. Period. So right. it was always for weird cash. to me. For cash. For cash. <laughs> do, whatever, do whatever you want, girl. Right. As long as you're the one choosing to do it and you're not hurting anybody else, do whatever you want. Right. right. But I feel like there's this weird, like, stress like in judgment on pageants that I was like I understand that you hate this but they're allowed to do this and even if you don't like it these women are crying yeah like we are getting beat down and hurt behind the system mm -hmm. like yeah. there is a system keeping black women down and other brown women down so mm -hmm. how do we fix it did you feel pressure to be the perfect black woman because you were the only one in that decade mm -hmm. other than tanning that year when you were going around the country did mm -hmm. you feel like you couldn't say certain things mm -hmm. you couldn't be a certain way like fall into a stereotype, get away from it? Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, yes. In some ways, I didn't know what I was even a part of. So I, I was just me for majority of it, but it was very, very difficult. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as black women in general, we're put, and as women, we're put in positions a lot of times where, you know, microaggressions take place, macroaggressions take place, and we're put to the test and I would go to these events and have, you know, we would go to a gala or whatever it may be. And like my Miss USA, Rima Key, who's still one of my closest friends to this day, I'm the godmother to her child. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. She was the first Arab American, first Muslim Miss USA. So, mm -hmm. you know, we we got culture in the group right. and our Miss Universe was Mexican. So it was the second Miss Mexico universe to win Miss Universe. So we were just like a, a culture pot. So when we would go places, people would respond. And a lot of these places are galas that are just a bunch of rich white people, mm -hmm. um, rich white women who their husbands wanted to take photos with us or, you know, talk to us and we would have actual things to talk about and that would offend them. So they would say offensive things to mm -hmm. us while we're sitting there. Mm -hmm. So I remember one gal we were sitting at and I had had a long day, like this is after a full day's work I'm coming to this gala to like have my first meal of the day, basically. And I'm sitting there eating my steak and these like three white women at this table are sitting there and we're just conversing with people. And I hear one of them go, yeah, they're just whores anyway. They probably are getting paid to be here. Like, look at them. They're sluts. 
disgusting oh and like saying and I'm eating and I'm like Ooh. like hold it back hold it back hold it back those are fighting words hold I'm it back. going to fight you yeah I'm gonna fight you yeah and like I know she's not talking about me <laughs> and I you know you have to have these moments of like hmm do I respond the way that I want to respond because then I'm gonna get taken out in handcuffs yeah. out the back door or do I just zip my lip and try to keep the peace and pretend so it was a lot of that it was a lot of pretending it was a lot of um, biting my tongue in moments when I wish that I could have spoken out. Um, but that's not what pageant girls are viewed as. Right. You're not viewed as somebody who's supposed to stand up for yourself. You're viewed as a diplomatic, um, like a public figure. You're a yeah. diplomatic public figure. And you're supposed to always play both sides. You're mm, always yeah. supposed to play both sides. Unless it's like 1000% morally this is wrong right. mm-hmm. for everyone, which it never is for whatever reason, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're supposed to always play both sides of the fence. And that was difficult for me because I am a very opinionated person as everyone has come to know. And <laughs> which I love. We love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. But that took me a while to realize that like my opinion and my stance is enough. And I don't have to try to cater to somebody else's viewpoint because mine is enough. I can appreciate somebody else's viewpoint and still hold my own. So that took, that took a while to unlearn and understand, but then also having the other side of it, um, that you were saying about, there is a bright side to it. There are benefits to it. I would have never known yeah. that I wanted to be on television if I didn't have that experience. I would have been a dermatologist by now. I would have been <laughs> probably still in school for dermatology. Right. So there's two sides to everything. Um, and sometimes there's three, four, five, six, but there were a lot of opportunities where I wish that I could have spoken up and still think about it, yeah. but I couldn't because yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. There was just no way. I have a question about the pageantry world, and I want to move us on to Catfish, but I'm so curious that obviously it's clear, even from your own story and your own narrative, that colorism and racism continue to be prevalent in the pageantry space. And my issue is that we have these voices, we're opinionated, but how do we kind of not get the label of the angry black woman? Not that it's even a bad label all of the time, Mm -hmm. or the opinionated black woman, or, you know, this person just won because they needed a diverse candidate and they mm-hmm. check the diversity, the DEI yeah. box. So how do we push this on our allies <laughs> in the pageantry space? Like, I need your yeah. white counterparts, yeah. the non-minority, right, um, people participating in these pageants to be just as vocal and supportive yep. in this space. I need to hear from them more. So what do you think allyship in the pageantry world could look like or should look like? Well... You know, (laughs) (laughs) there's, there's a lot. It starts at the top. It starts at the top and it starts at someone vocalizing that there is an issue. Um, And it starts at the top of every state as well, Mm -hmm. because the directors who are in charge of these pageants have it within their power to make sure that they are picking judges who not are going to pick a black person, but are diverse enough to identify this black woman is a rock star and she should be put on a national stage to be able to be given a platform. Right. Um, My mom was a director for Miss Connecticut USA and Miss DC USA and had back to back black Miss USA's the first 
uh, U.S. Army sergeant to mm-hmm. be Miss USA and the first nuclear scientist to be Miss USA. I saw that. And then the following year had a black biracial Miss Teen USA win from Connecticut. So she understood the formula right. and the directors hated her for it. Yeah. These are not just beautiful black women. These are people qualified Mm-hmm. people who are right. making change and doing incredible things and are the first in a different way not just being black but the first scientist right yep. <laughs> the first yeah like military person like what yeah and they hated her they they would say things like you know when are we going to bring beauty back to the pageant oh <laughs> that's because she was checking their biases yeah. and they did not have yeah. someone to call it out until then yeah. that's wow. insane to me yeah and wow. those people are still directors till this day And they would say derogatory things. And she, as the, I think there were only two black directors at the time, um, would have to stand there and defend why black women keep winning and their (laughs) contestants weren't. And it's what she was explaining to them is that it's not just enough to just be beautiful because my girls are also very, very beautiful. Why don't you tell your girls to step their shit up? So that they can compete with my girls. Mm. But it got to the point where she also could not handle that kind of degradation that right. we experience all the time and having exactly. to prove to hold. all the time. And it's like, once you, once you, she's hit the top four times, if you're including me. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't have to explain herself to these people who haven't even won once. Right. Um, <laughs> and if you have to, you know, tuck like not yeah. eat, work out 5,000 mm-hmm. times a day to fit mm-hmm. into your box of what beauty looks like, then you need to redefine your what beauty is like in your eyes. Exactly. Exactly. Come exactly. On. I can't. So it starts yeah. with those people in those rooms. It's within their power to pick judges. We would tell our judges, it doesn't matter what she looks like. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. the full package, mm-hmm. the full package. She can be stunning and have zero opinion about anything. Yeah. Right. Um, no speaking capabilities whatsoever, which as we know for a national pageant title it's holder important. is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I need her to have a platform. I need her to have a, a bunch of different things. I don't want her to have just started working with a charitable alliance yesterday. I need right. her to have yep. some longstanding, you know, skin in the game. Right. And you're picking judges who, yeah. who aren't just black or white, who are Indian, who are Hispanic, who are, you know, Middle Eastern. Yeah. And you're giving them the opportunity to pick what they think that we need to see in this world, not just the same person over and over again. Um, yeah. There's so much to it. I don't think that we're ever going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be flat and out See, that's honest. what I'm saying, that the origin story, the villain origin story started mm-hmm. As a director, because I feel your mom. Yeah, like I know what she had yeah. to go through, and I was twenty-one. It was mm. a mess. Mm. But <laughs> I would love to get into your jump from pageantry to TV. Another yes. origin story. I know. Our favorite show, yes. Catfish. <laughs> yeah. You were a breath of fresh air to be added Thank to this you. show. Oh, my God. Okay. Thank Can you. I just tell you, me and my younger sister were watching that season where they were, like, I guess, trying different hosts out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, um, Machine Gun Kelly and, like, all these random people. We saw you. My sister said, that's her. That's it? Oh, She's the host. She was, like, it's going to be her. She has to win this. And when you came, we were, like, I had to pay $10. So I, was like, okay. I was, like, how do you know this? But oh. she knew right away. So, please, like, let us know. Like, what was the jump like from pageantry to television? Yeah. So that, I mean, it started a while ago. I, I 
before I booked Catfish, I'd been working as a host for seven years, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about because I started when I was 19, 20 years old. Um, I had went to the University of Alabama my freshman year of college. That's my villain origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Started in Tuscaloosa. I don't know. I just wanted to change. And I, I, at the time I wanted to be a doctor, I got into their pre-med program. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to Alabama. I went for a year and quickly realized that that was not for me as far as med school. My eyes had opened to a different path. And, you know, I had a bunch of different experiences on camera and I was like, I could be good at something else, something Mm non-traditional. How do I break this to my parents? (laughs) Like I have to break this to to them. Um, But they were very supportive, just wanted to know what my plans were. So I was like, I'm moving back to New York. And um, I moved back to Manhattan went to Fordham University, started studying communications and media studies with a double concentration in television and radio and digital media. Mm. Um, because okay, social media was you. a growing, uh, a yeah, growing platform. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my parents are still black. I had to give my degree. I yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, started doing that, but I just realized institutional learning is just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because while I was in classes, you know, taking my notes, I was mm-hmm. really on my computer, like, building a reel, um, trying to get like a media kit together, putting together my bio, trying to build a website, trying to Mm -hmm. send out pitches to different um, networks and stuff around the tri-state. And I found that I learned more by doing. So um, I had a audition that turned into me working with a TV hosting coach in Brooklyn, Barbara Abel. She's like my TV fairy godmother. <laughs> um, she really put me through like a TV host boot camp mm-hmm. and connected me with some really amazing people who then got me different segment spots on local news and not so local news. I was taking like a three hour drive to New Haven, Connecticut <laughs> to <laughs> do, you know, different beauty and fashion segments, yeah. lifestyle segments. Um, the grind. And yeah, exactly. Just trying to get my foot in the door. They would be like, could you style five models tomorrow for fall? Wow. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, so how funny do you I say that? <laughs> I have five models in my purse right now right. and I can be there in two seconds. So, you know, fake it till you make it all the way. I was mm-hmm. faking it all the time. I was pulling <laughs> stuff out of my closet to style these models that were pageant girls that I knew who were in the area and be like, mm-hmm. come on over. So um, it was a lot of, it was definitely a lot of pulling stuff together and pulling things out of a hat. But I realized that that was all I wanted to do. And then I turned 25 and I had my quarter century life crisis. And I was oh, like, been there. Mm, Tell me about it. What? There now. Still there. <laughs> still, yeah, may still be in it. Still there. I'm 29 it now. Life? No, yeah, it's still happening. It's, it's still happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a whole meltdown where I was like, I'm never going to make it on television. What am I doing? I need to get a nine to five job and stop mm-hmm. playing around with my future. I was modeling at the same time, but that it wasn't like fueling my passion. Right. Um, except for the fact that I got to talk about like body positivity and body diversity and like diversity in the fashion industry, which was good. But like, then I'm getting on set and nobody wants to talk to me about these issues. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. just... So then I had this bright idea to move to LA because I was like, LA is going to solve my problems, mm-hmm. which is not a place I ever wanted to live. But I was like, I need a change, like a big, massive change. Ooh, we're and living it had, parallel lives right now. Yes. You yes, are speaking to Kirby. You are literally yes, speaking good. to me. <laughs> good. Did you do it? Catch me in 2022. Okay. <laughs> but I'm in the go. process of figuring it out. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I <laughs> had 
heard it literally from the voice of God in my ear. Every morning I would wake up and he would be like, what are you doing? Louis? That is me. Yeah. This is me now. Yeah. yeah. And I would be like, no, <laughs> yeah. get away from me. Like, yeah, I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Especially as East coasters. It's like, exactly. no way. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it was, yeah. it was becoming like a nagging, like anything that I would do. It was constant. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like I, I came out here, I looked at apartments, I got paperwork, I canceled like three different times. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. I'm in the fetal position, like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Like this is not for me. In the same week that I had my move scheduled for, I got contacted by Catfish about coming on and just hosting two episodes as a guest. Yeah. That is God working. And I saw their offices were in Burbank, California. And I was like, that's not far from like where, where I want to live. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is a sign, like pack it up and go. And mm-hmm. the Wednesday through, I think it was Wednesday through Saturday, we filmed in Iowa mm-hmm. and flew out there, did the whole thing. It was like a, the weirdest experience of my life because I wasn't attached to my body because I was having my quarter century life crisis yep. and I was moving across <laughs> the country. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, it didn't feel like work. It just felt very natural and it, it felt amazing to do what I wanted to do. And I was just like, okay, go back to New York, get your stuff together and go. And I moved that Monday. Wow. The movers came that Monday and moved me to LA. And after that, they kept calling me back. They were like, you want to do two more episodes? I'm like, yep. You want to do two more episodes? Yep. And it just continued on like that while they were trying other people. And then finally Neve came to his (laughs) senses and (laughs) called me and was like, you know, do you want to be the permanent co-host? And I was like, I already am. Yeah. 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 That was my job. Yeah. I knew it was mine. Yeah. What do you mean? I've just been waiting for you to say the word. So that's how it started. When we return, Cammie dishes out how she handles the clapback from the catfish fans and how she holds her own. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. 
I am so grateful for you to be on the show, though, because I will say I loved Catfish when it was first on, mm -hmm. and then I fell off. I was like, oh, my God, like, this can't be real. No one's talking, like, the real real, like, what the mm -hmm. audience is thinking. You need to tell yeah. these people, like, this is a catfish. Yes. Duh. Did you not see the signs? And yes. then you came on board, and it was actually my friend Joy who was like, oh, my God, Kirby, you got to rewatch. You got to watch Catfish again. This new Aww. girl, Cammy, like, she's killing it, and you're going to love her. <laughs> Thanks, John. And, yes, literally. <laughs> and it's your energy that got me re-entranced into the show because you speak all of my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you're not afraid to tell people like it is. And also, you're not afraid to stand up for yourself because some of these people come back at you like Ciao. with this clapback energy. People say the darndest thing. Listen. And it's like, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, like, on that note, talk about Max. Okay. Bring it back. Max, I loved Max. He was a little spicy too, he right? Was. Right. Like he would check people and mm -hmm. I loved it. And I'm watching the new seasons and you check people as you should. In the right. same way. Yep. They are wild. And they come for me 20 times harder. The way they come for you honestly makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And me too. so <laughs> But then seeing them come for you the way they did not come for a white man. Mm -hmm. And then going online on the Twitter. Mm -hmm. And seeing people come for you the way that they did not come for either of these white men mm -hmm. is a very clear difference. Yes. How do you manage that? Oh, therapy. Yeah. <laughs> therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely a difference. And I've actually had to talk to Neve about it because he doesn't get the same kind of response. No, that at I all. Get. Not at all. Um, not in that kind of way. So like. For one, I have somebody, this one troll that hates when I eat on the show and they write me a barrage of tweets about how I'm fat and disgusting and like, why does Neve let me eat on the show? And I'm explaining it to Neve and he's like, literally eating. He's like, I eat on the show all the time. What's right. the issue? Yeah. And I'm right. like, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Um, if I wear a Black Lives Matter shirt versus Neve and Max, who wore feminist shirts, yep. pro-immigration shirts, Black yep. Lives Matter shirts, it doesn't matter. It's an issue with you. It's yeah. an issue. Like, why is she promoting this Black agenda? Yes. And, like, and I got messages like, you know, ever since you've come on the show, it's become like a discriminatory against white people. There's way more Black people on the show now that you've been on it. I'm like, uh. You never watched the show. You've never <laughs> watched wild. the show. You never watched the show. It always comes across and is received differently when it's out of the mouth of a black woman. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is something that I've had to kind of come to terms with. Um, and it's difficult. It, I'm not going to act like it's not because there are days yeah. when I'm like, shit, like, should I just not? Should I stop? Like, should I yeah. just not and save myself <laughs> the emotional stress and the mental stress? Um, but then I think about all the other black women that are doing it and doing it well. Mm -hmm. And one monkey don't stop no show my mom At, would always say oh, that my mom says the same yeah. <laughs> and you're like you're not gonna stop me or silence me because you don't like what I have to say and even when it comes to people who are on the show um people have a difficult uh, you know difficulty with taking accountability as mm -hmm. it is yeah. um mm -hmm. but for some reason when a white man is trying to hold you accountable people will sit there silently versus when a black woman is bringing something to your attention or holding you accountable. It's yeah. like, who do you think you are? Yes, exactly. yes. And, you know, I just have to look at it as um, 
I'm that bitch. And it's upsetting to a lot of people. You yes. are. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I wealthy. am rich. I am that bitch. I am that bitch. Yes. It's not going to change the fact. That is the energy you have to bring to the table. I have to come at it like that. If I don't, though, they'll break me down. Right. So it's yeah. not, you know, I have to just, it's not my first rodeo either. Yeah. Um, I've been dealing with this since I was 17 years old. So... <sighs> You know, and and now I have a voice and I'm not afraid to use it and I'm making money for it. So I'm definitely not taking it back. That's the energy. Um, That is the energy. I have the energy. I have a question, though, like on the positive end. So forget the haters, forget the trolls, like whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. getting this paycheck. I'm getting this money. I'm the face of one of the best television shows. (laughs) On TV. That's why they're right mad. Now. They're so That's mad. That's why they're mad. Of course. Honestly, do you blame them? No. I mean, no. I mean, you would be doing something wrong if you weren't, if the haters weren't coming after you. Right. What do you do for self-care? Because we all know that rest is a form of protest too. So aside mm-hmm. from therapy, what do you do to take care of yourself? Because you know I was about to say therapy. I know you were. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I have such a strong family foundation and I have the same like four friends for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes just going home like refuels my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, even though my sisters are quick to remind me like, yeah, you may be the Kim K of the family, but she's still ain't shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have that Can kind of relationship. You, thank God for sisters. My little sister thank God. me and is like, when are you going to grow up and get a real podcast voice? <laughs> They have to humble you. They have to humble us. That's what, that's why they're here. Um, so when I'm with them though, like I cannot wait for Thanksgiving and Christmas because I just need to be with them. Like I I am feeling that way now. I'm like, I need the recharge. I need to be around the people who know me the best. And they fill your cup up. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, we do it all the time for other people, but like when, when we are in our own communities, that's when we get to refill our own cups and I don't feel guilty about it. I don't feel sorry about it. And you know, mm-hmm. it's a good feeling. Um, I love a good spa day. I love a good show. I love a good yes. series. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like love Island and all those shows that I can just watch mindlessly for hours. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's what I do. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time alone because I need that. Mm-hmm. I'm a person who needs that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and it doesn't bother me at all. I need, I need that kind of time. Cause when you're giving, giving, giving all the time, you gotta, you gotta take pause. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I'll go to home goods and walk around for three hours looking at candles and smelling candles. Yes. Picking out things care. for your apartment. You don't even yes. need. <laughs> oh, I need to get rid of half the things in my apartment. Yeah. I always have room for more home goods hunting. Um, so that, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, there's, it's definitely not perfect. And sometimes I'm like, you're losing your mind. Like mm-hmm. you need to go take a bubble bath or something, but that doesn't bring me peace. So yeah. <laughs> I don't, that brings me actually more anxiety. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, you're just sitting with your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. hot. And, and hot. hot water. <laughs> no, um, no. And I've also rediscovered, um, well, no, actually I would say discovered, not rediscovered because my love for fitness before was with a mindset that I needed to achieve a certain goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've found a love for fitness that is not necessarily goal oriented. It's just like lifestyle oriented and mm-hmm. I need it. I need it. Yeah. It's like my new drug and coffee. Right. <laughs> Are you sure we're not sisters too? Because between the move to be. LA, the fitness, mm-hmm. the therapy, the self-care, the, the midlife mm-hmm. crisis, I'm like, yes, yeah. 
Yeah. No, we, it's same. crazy. We all go through the same thing. We do. Yeah. We just don't talk about it because for some reason, this like hustle culture, this toxic hustle culture that we have where it's like, push through, push through. This is the best time of your life. This is the best days. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to not. say it sucks. It's okay to say it sucks. Particularly in our industry. Like, yes. Caribbean in PR, yes. I'm in development production, you're in entertainment. Like, it's something about our industry that feels like we had to hit something before 30. Yes. Or oh, we're yeah. just not, like, we're not creative enough. We're not yep. You're not going to make those not- lists. You're not going to get those lists. Oh my God, the lists. Like it's so much pressure. Mm -hmm. It's a ton of pressure um, on top of the fact that we have have societal pressures and we have our own pressures and we have biological pressure. Um, There's there's a lot of different things that play into it and it's exhausting. And it's like, but then you have it in the back of your mind that, oh, you want to take a nap? You want to take a break? The next person isn't taking a break the next person yeah. is fighting for their dreams it's right like, yeah exactly right. okay always feel like, like missing out like, yeah. there was nothing more annoying than during the pandemic at the very start when people were like this is your time and make your business plan and do your <laughs> da, 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 and be, lose 50 pounds and blah 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 it's yeah. like actually this is my time to get my mental health together yeah. because the bitch is falling apart yes i was like um, girl shut up i was yeah. like shut up <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. And then when people would be like, oh, if you did not start your business during the time, you lack discipline. It's not that you, I'm like, okay. You know what I was oh. doing? I was surviving. Surviving. I saw that one the other day that it was like, you're not, you're not disorganized or whatever. You're just lazy and you just, no, I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm struggling. Yeah. In fact, you probably day. need therapy yourself to even write something yes. like this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I am unorganized. And yes, yeah, sometimes I am lazy too. And yeah. like, and, that's my prerogative. Yes. And exactly. Like that. So personally attacked. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Amira and I talk a lot on this podcast about manifestation. We're really big on putting out mm. into the universe, the things that you want to get back, because we definitely believe that it listens and mm-hmm. we, yes. we feed off of positive energy and oof, girl, it's like, like I said, a breath of fresh air again on this beautiful Monday morning. <laughs> um, but as we're approaching the end, which is crazy to say, of 2021, and we're going into 2022, mm-hmm. in what ways are you continuing to level up? Like, what is next for you? Knowing that we can't talk about everything. Right. Well, we saw that you Sweet Life the... reunion, girl. Okay. We did. about that. We did. Oh Issa Rae adjacent. <laughs> so fun so fun um I-, I want more opportunities like that for sure catfish is my ride or die and it's so funny because anytime I do something that's not catfish people are like are you- did you leave yeah are you leaving what <laughs> yeah. is this what are you doing <laughs> I'm like yeah. I'm just I'm doing everything I want to do everything um and I'm still manifesting some things for myself for 2022 mm-hmm. Ugh, how was that it's even a so thing? insane I, don't I know it's so weird um <laughs> but I think what's next for me, you know, I, I'm building my podcast as well, mm-hmm. Relationship, um, which is become so much fun. I had so much anxiety and like imposter syndrome and God knows what about starting a podcast, mm-hmm. but it's really just talking. Like we're just literally kikiing. Exactly. And that is something yeah. that people want to buy into and listen to. Um, so growing that for sure is definitely one thing, but I, I definitely want to tap in more to, um, you know, like consumer stuff and mm-hmm. like things that people can buy because people are always asking me for 
everybody's been asking me. Cami skincare <laughs> line. People are, where your earrings, where you get your eyelashes done. <laughs> People are constantly asking me about everything that I wear, every makeup article that I put on. Like, and I would love to have my own something. I see dermatology and entertainment. But that's what I want. I, I've been saying like, and manifesting that I want to be the person that when you walk into Target, you see me in the beauty yes. section, you see me in the home section, you see me in the baby section. Yeah. Hopefully by then I'll have a baby to to advertise. Yes, beautiful. <laughs> this is my baby and these are the brands. <laughs> Cookware, like I don't, I don't ever, I don't like being put in a box and I yeah. want to um, just be able to do whatever I want to do mm-hmm. and, you know, market myself the way that I always have. I think I feel so blessed to have built a brand that is strictly just me being myself. Yeah. And that is not something that a lot of people can say. Um, and even though it is hard and there's difficulty in, in doing that and in being yourself, I always say being yourself is a rebellious act. Um, and sometimes it's exhausting being myself, Yeah, but at the end of the day, I can go to sleep at night knowing that I'm just me and I'm not pretending to be anybody else. I don't have to be anybody else. I don't have to do anything to impress anybody. I can just be who I am and let that be enough. And the people who want to buy into that will, and the people that don't, I want to work with them anyway. Yes. It's the authenticity for me. I love it. (laughs) Okay. And I'm the same consistently. Like I'm the type of person, if you meet me out and I'm having a bad day, I'm going to be exactly how you saw me on here when I was having a bad morning. Yep. I'm never going to be like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I can't stand when I <laughs> meet exhausting. people that I follow. And it's, I'm like, are you Belle at Disney World? Like, what is going on with you? It's exactly. okay if you want to scream, like, blink twice if you need help. Yeah. Exactly. Let me know. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. This has been such an amazing conversation. We do want to do a little rapid fire with you. Oh, I love rapid fire. And we're playing it off of the name of your podcast, Relationship. <gasps> Yes. So mm-hmm. the game is called Ghost Him or Nah. So we're going to give you a series of questions. <laughs> I love that. And you say ghost him or nah and let us know okay. like a little description as to why you picked that. I'm going to tell you why. All right. You ready for it? Go ahead. Tell yes. us why. And go for <laughs> it. Don't hold anything okay. back. Okay. No problem. So we're going to alternate. The first one is you go on a Tinder date and he's a catfish. You ghost him or nah. See, this is where my Libra moon plays in because I'm like, is he nice? Is he nice? Not nice like, enough. Yep. <laughs> I feel like you can't base a relationship off of lies to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, and how you look, how you how you present yourself. Is it his pictures or is it a picture of a completely different person? If it's a completely different person, you're probably a serial killer. I want nothing to do Oof. with you, so ghost him. Yes. But if it's like a picture of him from like 2009. We can we can maybe work with that. Right, we got a few extra roles, maybe like hairlines back a little yes. bit than it was ten years ago. Okay. Yeah, we're all going through a rough patch, <laughs> yeah. so I feel like you know maybe then you could give it a chance. So it's fifty fifty. Okay. Okay. He's a bugaboo. Ghost his ass. Ghost him. Yes. Ghost him now. Mm-hmm. Ghost him now. You don't have time. He's bugging what? He's bugging who? Yes, Not a bugaboo. Goodbye. <laughs> with you on that one. All right. Not me. You find out your new crush used to date a friend. You go somewhere, nah. Ooh. I know this one's mm, deep. I would already know. So <laughs> ghost him. I would already know. I don't, I have a thing about that. Like I've never, if my friend told me that they had a crush on the same person I had a crush on, I would immediately stop having a crush on them. Oh, wow. I just don't. What if you had a crush on him first? 
who does he want? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Who does he want? Because if he's ever given my friend me, attention, then it's gone. Yeah, okay. it's gone. I hear that. I, feel you. I hear that. Mm-mm. Okay. This is person. <laughs> oh. His profile says six foot, but he's really five six. Oh. Ghost him or not? No, girl, you know you gotta go. This happens. You know you gotta go too often. First of all, anytime they say six foot, it's always five eight or under. Yes, typically five eight, but he really tried it with the five six. No, (laughs) no. But how tall are you? I'm five six. (laughs) See? Yeah. Because now you got to think about if you're With the too heels, for a wedding. And never again. Heel, and then it's got to yeah. be a kitten. And it's like, it's always got to be a kitten. But what if he's fine? What if he's fine? He's still a liar. You're right. <laughs> you are still a liar. Him. You are Tell not us wrong. more. Un- let's unpack it. Let's unpack <laughs> yeah, it. You are not wrong. No, that's... Uh, I just feel like, <laughs> honestly, eliminate the six foot. Like, if it's not true, it's okay. Don't lie. Yeah. If be honest. Just be honest. There's somebody out there for you. For if you're five yeah. six right just mm-hmm. go not at that <laughs> so his tinder bio says i only love my bed and my mama i'm sorry but he takes being a mama's boy to a whole new level you ghost him or not nah. <laughs> i'm gonna you know because then you have the brothers that are like what's wrong with me love my mom I'm like if I love mm-hmm. my mom, I'm gonna love you, which is yeah, true. But like, I'm not fighting with you over why when your mom comes to visit, she's sleeping in the bed with you and I'm sleeping on the couch. Like that's yeah, bizarre. that's awkward. So we need to like talk about that. Um, I don't want to deal with that personally because it's annoying. So yeah. ghost him. Yeah, because that's like or your mom calling you during the date. She knows when you're on a date and she constantly keeps trying to interrupt. Right. Or undermining me as like the woman Mm -hmm. in your life or wife or whatever. Yeah. No No. disrespect to the black mamas or the mamas everywhere, period. But I've seen that. We love y'all, but like, relax. There's boundaries. (laughs) He's your son. He's not your man. Right. You want to be married or not? (laughs) Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No. He makes you split the bill on the first date. Ghost him or not? You know, I actually just read something about this last night that was <laughs> like, it was about, it was on TikTok. So it, I don't know if it was reading. The captions were on. So I did read. I'd say that too. Um, <laughs> it was something about like, like, I read this study on yeah, the TikTok. Yep. Yeah. There was a study on TikTok. Um, it was about tapping into your divine feminine energy. And it was saying that paying on the first date is not you tapping into your feminine energy. And I had like, a boss hmm. bitch moment with myself where I was like, but I don't want anybody thinking that they own me because they paid 50% of my bill or because they paid the yeah. whole thing. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I got my own. Da, da, da. And then it's like, girl, calm down. Right. Like it's not that deep. I'm going to say where I'm at in my life now, ghost him. But where I was five years ago, I'm like, Oh, 50, 50 is fine. Like everyone right. pulls their weight. Mm, no, actually I want to be, taken care of right give me mm-hmm. give me the money especially if you invited me on the date that's the difference right. if you invited right. me i pretty much expect you to pay for it like i'm not even going to pretend right. to pull my purse out but i'm the same it's way the before first date yeah the first date you should be you should be paying right and maybe by three we could do 50 50 if you can't then plan a nice little picnic in the park for free exactly with your own crackers yeah. and cheese from your own pantry exactly like, get creative get creative yeah. All right. Last one of the rapid fire is he's fine, 
but he has zero sense of style and we mean zero you ghost him no or not. you can fix that you can fix you that. can't well sometimes mm, mm, mm. <laughs> look 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 i'm gonna get in trouble for this oh <laughs> i'm getting so much trouble. oh no don't Uh-oh. do it amira don't do it, it. No, can't be do cut it. her off no you see that ring do on her it. finger do it i'm gonna do it, oh, do it because we're okay. engaged and i can't do it, do it. I literally take this man's clothes and hide them. And it's, I was not my type to start with. I say this all the time, but love him so dearly. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just always like, if I hate a hat, we get rid of a hat and mm-hmm. I get him a new hat. You can change that, mm-hmm. maybe. And then he like works out in these tanks. And I'm like, that's not a tank you can go out in real life in. Mm-hmm. But, so you can fix style to a sense. And mm-hmm. Kirby's out, I'm gonna get in trouble, but mm-hmm. whatever, I don't care. I no, you know what? It's the truth <laughs> and it's your truth. And I feel yeah. like, I feel the same way. There, there are things that you can fix. Now, if a guy is like, this is my style. I dress like I'm from the eighties. Like that guy on yeah. Married at First Married Sight. Married at First oh, Sight. Yeah. <laughs> oh that was, gosh. he took that to a whole nother level. His whole house was eighties. In situations like that, where it's like, you're not going to fix this. But then there's other guys who like, okay, like you dump him now because he doesn't know how to dress. And then you see him at his wedding with his new wife who helped yep. him figure it out. And he looks fine. Yeah. You can fix it. Better than before. You can fix, you can fix it. Just it. put in a little time. If you want time. to. Yeah. Just put yeah. in a little it t- time. It takes okay. time and energy, though. Honestly, we could go down a random American at first sight, but I'm stopping myself yeah. for time-wise <laughs> because I have thoughts. Yes. I have thoughts on this here Lifetime podcast mm-hmm. right at first sight. Mm-hmm. But we like to end each podcast the same, and that is by asking some form of this question. My Black is resilient because... Oh, there's so many things I want to say. <laughs> But I, I kind of want to quote Master P on Solange's album where he says, because there's no limit to what I can do. Mm-hmm. Like there really is no limit. People, people try to put limits on us because they know that we're limitless. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy, but it's out of fear because they know that if we have the access and the opportunity and the money and the whatever that we need to be able to get it, we're going to get it because that's yeah. just who we are. Um, and it pisses people off and it should, (laughs) because they they don't, they don't, they don't have that. They don't have that. And, you know, they haven't had to build that for centuries and it hasn't been passed down through the bloodline from Mm -hmm. the beginning of time. Um, because we were, we were born into excellency Mm -hmm. and it got broken down over some centuries and has mm-hmm. had to be rebuilt multiple times, but like, that's how we were born. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to get like Dr. Umar. <laughs> Do it. Go for but it. Like, you know, he's crazy as hell, but sometimes he can make it sense. I don't know. <laughs> TikTok has made me look at him in a different light. Sometimes. I know. TikTok cha- you oh, are a philosopher. TikTok. You are a philosopher. <laughs> he's funny, even though it's wildly inappropriate and crazy. <laughs> but like, that's who we were. That's like at our genesis, who we are. And so we're, we've always known how to build and how to make things work. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, that's that's why we're excellent. Oh my God, I love it. So drop the mic. Period. Exclamation point. Yeah, and all of the all of the other things. So, Kimmy, we have had the (laughs) ultimate sister girl chat with you. Like this has been such a refreshing conversation. Please come back anytime. Yes, everybody, watch her on Catfish. Listen to Mm -hmm. the relationship podcast and all the other incredible things you have coming into this world. We love you. Thank you. This was so much fun. Like, I know. I, I needed this. I needed yeah. this desperately. We saw the energy. We accepted mm-hmm. it and it evolved. So people need to start Amen. doing more of that because Amen. you got to let people come in as they are. 
Exactly. Exactly. And I always will. Yes. So. Thank you so Thank much. You. Please Thank come you back guys. anytime. I will. <laughs> Literally. Listen, don't say anything when I just pop in the Zoom. Oh, come on in. Come During on another in. interview of yours, you'll be like, join us. Listen, <laughs> therapy <laughs> sessions with Cami, Kirby, yes. and Amira. Yeah. <laughs> The Table is Ours is produced by us, Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali. This episode was also produced by McKamey Lynn and Aisha Jordan and edited by Melissa Kaplan. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. The Table is Ours was created by Lifetime. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.